There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Rarely going where no one has gone before. Welcome to the Captain's Chair, a Star Trek Lower Deck podcast on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Chief Engineer Steve, and joining me on this mission into the unknown is... I'm Richard Dave, and tonight we'll be discussing Episode 3 of Star Trek Lower Decks. Now, I know last week when we saw the title, we were both really stoked for this episode, but <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite what we thought it was going to be, was it? <laughs> no, no, I thought it was going to be time travel. I thought yes. the goofballs were going to screw up time travel until they had to get it right in a half hour's time yeah. or something. But it did have a temporal edict at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was your overall impression? Did you have any news first? No, no, no news. No news. Yeah. That's good news then. Yeah. <laughs> well, after I watched this episode the first time, I wasn't that impressed. Right. I, I thought they, the same way. I, yeah. I thought they took a step back after watching it again this morning, as we record on a Sunday morning. I thought, okay, it wasn't that bad. But after the first episode, which was pure chaos. Yes. And then the second one, which had a more, I don't know, balanced and clever dosage of humor, this one was back to off and on chaos. Right. Which it seems to be their thing. But you can only go to the chaos. It's one of my funny bits. I, I did my top five funny bits again. We can go over at the end of the episode. But how often can you do that? And they did it twice, at least. Yes. This episode. So we've seen it. <laughs> we get it. We know they're screwed up. I mean, it is funny. That yes. If a space is supposed to be dangerous. Yeah. They're making it funny. But yeah. come on. <laughs> we get it. We get it. They're awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of thought that this episode, yeah, it had its humor, but I kind of liked the way they kind of delved into the contrasts in the episode because you had Mariner Ransom, mm. who are completely different, and then you had Boimler and Freeman, who were completely different. So I kind of enjoyed We finally did get some insight into the command crew with Captain Freeman and First Officer Ransom yeah. and how they contrasted with the lower deck crew. So I think thought that was kind of interesting and made it a little more enjoyable for me, at least. Yeah. I don't think the captain should be a complete cipher, especially yeah. knowing that, spoiler alert, that uh, Mariner's her daughter. Right. <laughs> we already got an indication there's some friction there, but they're going to have to go on an away mission on their own. Oh, there there yeah. seemed to be a little something behind the Ransom Mariner relationship. Yeah. Uh, Kinda get that later, that. but we don't know fully what it is, if anything, because the, they seem to waver on it. Like any new show, they're feeling their way through on what they want to be. Right. And there are some parts 
where it's just like manic humor and it's supposed to be funny. And then the other parts where they're semi-serious because you know they have feelings and they can't, they're not going to run around just crack wise. They have to be somewhat aware of each other's feelings. Right. <laughs> Otherwise it isn't funny. Right. So uh, I don't know how much depth they want to get to with their relationships, but there has to be some, right. I guess. Otherwise there's no humor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they make it fun of Kirk and that's always funny. Yeah. <laughs> and this episode was very similar to several of the original series episodes. So <laughs> I think they yeah. did kind of uh, poke a little fun at that. That's for sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, there's plenty of time. When the shirts come off, you know you mean business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you roll up your sleeves. <laughs> yeah. That's, the way, that's how we know our local weatherman means business. Yeah. He's excited about the forecast. <laughs> Jacket comes off and the sleeves get rolled up. <laughs> nice. When you see it, we're like, uh-oh, something's going to happen today. Yep. <laughs> well, shall we get into episode three? Sure. Oh, you want me to read it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Episode three, Temporal Edict, which that part, as we discussed earlier, through Steve and I, ooh, Temporal Edict. Yes, I know. Time. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a new work protocol limiting buffer time as the Cerritos crew running ragged as they try to keep up with their Titan schedule. Ensign Mariner and Commander Ransom, mutual lack of respect, comes to a head during an away mission. <laughs> yeah, so there's some little spark to that mutual lack of respect because they are a little like each other, really. Yes. You can't tell you, you can't tell either one of them what to do. And that was one of the funnier bits right. later on when, when they're fighting over who gets to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we open in 10 forward with Boimler performing a violin solo while dancing while the audience is just kind of in... They're just, yeah. what the hell's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Especially when he's up there grunting away and going, ah, 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 yeah. while he's doing it. It's like those Celtic dancing yes, series. Yes, exactly. It, I thought it, that too. I wish he put something ridiculously Celtic on. Yes. You know, something that he didn't quite understand, but he thought was... I don't know, would honor that time of the past of the 21st or 20th century. Yes. And that would that would have had them even more like, what is he doing? I thought. Right, yes. If he had worn a kilt. Yes, yes, or something <laughs> like that. I know. And then take a bow and find out, find out he's he's got no underwear on. Right. <laughs> so he finishes his song and Mariner and Tindy just take over the stage. Yeah. <laughs> and we go from Celtic music to heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> she just grinds away at the axe. Yes, with Tindy on drums. Yeah, <laughs> that was cute, but I don't know. That's yeah. one of the things I had a problem with because it just lacked depth. Right. She's a blowhard and she doesn't care about anyone else's feelings. But then later on, she does. Yeah. You know, and she always does. So I, I get again, that's one of the things they're finding their way through. Like, who who is she really? We know she has this certain amount of tension in her, but she's also, she wants to chill so badly and she doesn't care who she runs over right. <laughs> to get it done. <laughs> yeah, because of course, while they're on stage jamming out, we have a... An encounter with a Klingon ship yep. who definitely is insulted about the intense bass yeah. <laughs> that's coming through. And Freeman panics a little. She goes, I don't hear anything on our end. Of course, that's where it's coming from. <laughs> and so the, the Klingon turns to his engineer and says, uh, today's, basically, today's a good day for you to die. <laughs> 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 and Freeman sends Shaxx down to knock off the music. And of course, by the time he gets down there, Mariner and Tindy are off the stage and Boimler's about to start another song. Ooh. And yeah. Shaxx takes out the violin. Yeah. 
Boimler is apologizing hand over fist. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing it wasn't a 20th century violin that he was playing. That would have been, oh, yeah. <laughs> been awful. It looked like some type of futuristic electric thing. Right. And but Shax, just... sorry, he just doesn't care. He doesn't put two and two together. No. That a violin can make that much money. He just that much, you know, noise. He just goes down and breaks it. Right. Ah. Instead of seeing <laughs> Mariner's guitar on the floor <laughs> in yeah, the middle of yeah. 10 forward. And then we find out via the first officer's log that the Cerritos is en route to Cardassia Prime for the most amazing reason. Captain Freeman is going to be instrumental in brokering peace between we don't know mm-hmm. who because <laughs> Ransom gets a message. Oh, no, mm-hmm. the captain's not going to be happy about this. <laughs> Yeah, they just pulled the rug out from underneath her. Yeah, they makes uh, you wonder how she got it in the first place. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think her husband probably pulled some yeah. strings. Yeah, the admiral. Until I reached the rest of the command and said, "Oh no, we're not." Yeah, <laughs> Cerritos. No, no, no one wants to go to Cardassia anyway. That's right. We're moving it to <laughs> Balkan, and Cerritos, you're going somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> that flips her up. Yeah, that and here we finally get to see I don't know if you want to call it how dedicated she is to her job, but she really just loses it here. And she thinks that all of Starfleet thinks that the Cerritos is a joke. Yeah. And they've got to do something to make the ship stand out. Yeah. Again, how does she reach Captain? Yes. <laughs> she's that bag. Is big, only because she's married to an admiral? Was that it? Is that what they're trying to say? They must have been through some adventure because, hello, Mariner. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah, but the, we, they keep reinforcing the show, that is, that Cerritos is uh, better off just sailing around in a circle <laughs> so it's safe. <laughs> yep. And then we get to see our team working in the brig, checking all the... Cells making sure they're at a hundred percent. And we got Boimler in inside. Yeah. Why would you put a person in there if you're testing? <laughs> yeah. I know it's just a joke. But the joke is, you know, it's continuously they don't have any respect for each other. No. <laughs> you know, it's like Starfleet doesn't have any respect for the Cerritos. And when Captain Freeman's riding the uh, the elevator <laughs> with Boimler, she's like, ugh, anything to report. Because she doesn't really care. Right. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> no. It's kind of it's kind of strange. It's kind of strange. I mean, it's supposed to be funny, but it is it's still kind of strange. Yep. And it was funny when Mariner shoots the phaser at the brig and <laughs> Yeah. Boimler has a cow about it. She goes, "Oh, it was only on stun click." <laughs> yeah. Or stun. <laughs> Takes it off, God. <laughs> and of course, they finish the task and take a break with margaritas and explain to Tindy about buffer time. Mm. <laughs> and this is a nice callback to the original series that we'll get to later. But yeah, they overestimate. So when they complete it ahead of schedule, they're heroes. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's just about any job. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> in America, at least. Everyone builds in a little buffer time. Oh, yeah. Get this done. Okay. Got it done. Now what do I want to do? <laughs> Except we never got to have margaritas at work. Yeah. <laughs> so we get into our away mission, Dave? Yeah. So Mar- Mariner decides to join. Well, she didn't decide. She's ordered to join Ransom's away mission to the visit the Galrakians. Yes. Uh, it's, it's in the middle of that chaos where she actually bolts. I think it was 10. Was it 10 D that she vaulted over? Yeah. 
she's on a race. She's just like frantic to get one because everyone's is pure chaos now. Now that buffer time's been eliminated, and so she just like vaults over and has into the uh, hangar deck so she can take off there. And naturally, when she runs into ransom, and she was late, and he knew it, but she cleverly said, "Oh no, I heard what you were saying." <laughs> but the the two have words, and and you get a little hint of some type of I don't know tension between two and a tension that that's evolved from something something of a closer relationship perhaps do you get that steve it's possible yes that's possible either or they're just the same two bullheaded types right you know that's very possible (laughs) yeah yeah so they're going to go down there and this this entire society is based on crystals and not only crystals but snarkiness yes That must be some type of edict for them, too. Don't forget to be snarky with everything. It's a wonder any planet contacts each other in this galaxy that we seem to be operating in. (laughs) Very true. But due to the accelerated work protocol, the wrong case was loaded for the away mission. Instead of the honor crystal, Ransom Manson Vendo present a wooden fertility totem meant for a different planet, greatly offending the host. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're mortal enemies. (laughs) Yes. So, and that's, I'll I'll spring it on now. That's one of my top five jokes. It's just a little joke. It's a little (laughs) subtle, but we'll get to it later. Anyway, the Galarakians are deeply insulted him opening up and so they throw a spear at him and he catches it right in the shoulder and he's like ah he he thinks he's gonna die right away yes (laughs) this guy doesn't have not much of a backbone so they no wonder they send him on a an away mission and uh galarakians is so i mean here's more chaos that we see yes they call in reinforcements and he's taken prisoner and we end up like we normally do (laughs) ransom and freeman arguing how to escape the galarakians or or is it just Mariner. Because Freeman, when I say Freeman, I think of the captain. Right, yeah, that's Mariner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get to a little bit, this is good because we learn a little more Ransom. He's got the, the typical Star Trek uh, ego trip. Yes. Well, I can fix this with a with a speech. Yes. <laughs> and he, he's been working on it, too, like on the side of the wall. I, I don't blame Mariner for like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm practicing my speech. Yeah, I loved his. Riker-esque stance there before they got captured, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bra- uh, foolish bravery in the face of overwhelming odds. That's like a prerequisite. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, he gives his speech, and it fails terribly. And the leader, the Galrakian leader, uh, orders a trial by combat. I'm like, oh, good. That's very Star Trekky. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in an arena. <laughs> yeah, in an arena. Yeah, of course. Um, Mariner tries to convince Ransom to let her fight the Galrakian, because she has to be number one, too. Right. Of course. And they get into each other's face, and we get a little more of that tension. Ah, oh, I forgot what Mariner said. She, like, something like, she taunts him. Like, what are you going to do? And he, he's like this. And yeah. stabs her in the foot with one of the crystal spears. And she's like, ah! And she flips over, and the blood splurts out, because we all know <laughs> this shows into its liquids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he enters the arena, takes on the champion with his bare hands. Uh, what's up? Oh, was it Vindor? Yeah. I am Vindor. Comes yeah. off a little bit like the Hulk yeah. or something. Yes. What is it though? Yeah, I like the Hulk. Oh, where's the uh, Thor? There was the Marvel movie, the third Thor film. Right. He ends up fighting the Hulk in an arena too. And he's like, hey, we're friends. My, we, we work together. Yeah. That reminded me of that. <laughs> and he, he doesn't even need a weapon. He wants to, uh, he tears off his shirt. Right. And he wants to fight him. Of course, and he's bristling with muscles too. <laughs> So funny. That's like Galaxy Quest where the, the captain's shirt comes off and I'm like, oh, I see your shirt came off. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he wants to fight him with his bare hands. And Mariner's watching from her, her perch in the prison there and she can't help but 
know, admire the way he's doing. He's doing really great too. This thing's like three times, maybe more his size. And he's got the, the clinch fist and he's, he gets him in the kidneys and he gets him in the pack and in the back. And then he smacks him on the head and there's a few flips and kicks. The next thing you can know, this, this thing is down. I don't know. It's particularly funny, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was funny how easily he took down yeah, something <laughs> as big as he was. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> the, the poor thing, uh, Vindor, is like, hey, I like to read. <laughs> this isn't my thing. They, I just, I just say Vindor over and over because I want everyone to think I'm big and big and dumb and stupid. Yeah, <laughs> he's their champion too. I'd rather read a book. So she thought that was rather. Mariner thought that was rather hot. And when it, when they eventually make it back to the uh, the ship, Ransom wants to know she's getting banjoed by the cat doctor. Do you know what's the cat doctor's name? Datana. Is it? Yeah. I can be funnier than that. I think uh, I can think of an old uh, James Bond movie <laughs> that has a more clever name than that. But can't re- if this is a family show, I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. And she- no, she's all. Ba- what? Go ahead. Yeah, the doctor wants to get rid of those scars, and <laughs> Mary yeah. says, oh, "Not no, you on don't. your life. They're my trophies." <laughs> yeah. She calls her a scratching post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so Rance wants to know if he's going to report. She goes, nah. As she thought it was kind of hot, he finds out he's still going to holler away for uh, uh, ignoring his orders about the rolled up sleeves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, she and she flips out. Off. She totally loses. And she starts. The first thing she throws at him is a bedpan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm surprised it doesn't have batteries hooked up to it, you know, vaporize whatever gets into that bedpan. But maybe they don't operate that way right. in the 23rd century. <laughs> she uh, swears vengeance and... And as the ship's being cleaned up, Shax leads the team back to the planet, prints the, the uh, correct crystal to the Galrakian, so everything's hunky-dory again. Yeah. They have both apologize to each other, and everything's fine. Yeah, they're cool. <laughs> and he, what, Shax makes the comment about the, the wood-loving people that he doesn't like them either. I know. <laughs> With a wink and a nod. Who likes those idiots anyway? <laughs> Very go, diplomatic. Yeah. And you go, huh, I wonder if yep. Shax would be better <laughs> diplomat than Ransom. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd pick Ransom now. He, Shax is going to start a war. That's going to yeah. get back to the wood-loving people. <laughs> yeah. What's you say about us? Exactly. So we go up to the Cerritos where Freeman is cracking down on the crew because she hears the buffer time. Uh, somebody mentioned buffer time and, of course, happens to catch Boimler in the turbo lift and he happens to mention it as well. And oh, the shit hits the fan. Yeah, they're going to be a little more careful with their secrets. Yes. <laughs> and, of course, you would figure that maybe Ransom would remember buffer time. Freeman's a little older, so maybe she she's forgotten that, yeah, that's a thing since the original Star yeah. Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you get command, you, you tend to forget about your previous life. Yes. So well, Freeman, that's right. I used to screw up, too. Yeah. <laughs> Freeman issues a new work protocol wherein tasks are logged and timed and quotas <laughs> of efficiency must be met. Yep. Sheer chaos. Yep. A week later, the crew is run ragged by the new work protocol and errors are being made in order to meet the time deadline. God. The whole <laughs> ship is going to fall apart. Yeah. <laughs> and of course... Thunk in the 23rd century that buffer time would be so important in the future. Right. As it is now. Yes. Everyone is frantic, except for Boimler, who is thriving under the new regime. Yeah. <laughs> he brags that he's gotten everything done and wants more. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a that's a running joke, actually, and it's a running joke with him and his character. Yes. In every episode, we've seen how hyper he is about getting things done and getting them right. Everyone right. else, everyone else in his century, <laughs> or at least in Starfleet, is a lot more chill than him. I wonder how long they're going to stick with that particular joke. Right. I, I guess I, you gotta. Yeah, I think so. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, otherwise, <laughs> they're going to lose their material. Right. Yeah. I, he has I, to be that fish out of water. Yep. I think so. <laughs> and so the Galakians launch an attack and board the ship because, of course, yeah. the shields don't work. <laughs> yeah, nothing works. She tries to do everything herself. Right. The captain, I'll do it. Yeah. Can't enter the codes. Move. I'll do it. <laughs> I can't. Can't the shields it, so. won't respond. Move. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're so used to their efficiency. I mean, on, on the Enterprise, no matter what iteration you get, right. they're super efficient. Yes. Stuff yes. like that just doesn't happen. No. <laughs> so Freeman issues orders for the crew to repel the intruders, but are still expected yeah. to complete their tasks on time. <laughs> That's something everyone's walked into. Are oh used God. to in the in the working world. Yeah. Hey, I know you, I gave you this to do earlier, but get this done too. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you got to put this fire out first before you get to you, your normal fire. I think everyone's wondered, like, how many fires am I supposed to put out at once? Hello. Yes, I'm only one person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Galarakians start covering the ship in graffiti. <laughs> the ultimate insult, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> Marking their territory with paint. Yep. And Boimler's just working away. Yeah, oblivious. Yeah, dancing while he's purging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pu- 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 purging. When he gets confronted by a group of them, and he realizes that he has a phaser to their spears, so he takes the group out. <laughs> I know, and he says, hey, you guys are nothing, but these, these the, the, the ship is so chaotic that no one seems to realize that they are literally light years ahead in technology. Right. <laughs> Huh. Yeah. We're not even sure uh, the Galrakians are interstellar, although they seem to. If you yeah, they've got, got ships. ships so. Trans-atmospheric and can latch onto a starship. Right. So they, they resort to uh, spheres. Spears, yeah. <laughs> Their crystal thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boimler reports to the bridge where Freeman is attempting to run all the stations on her own because the crew yeah. has collapsed from exhaustion and nothing yeah. worked. And of course, Boimler starts to realize what's going wrong with the crew. And he explains to Freeman that everyone on the crew except him needs her to loosen up the protocols if she wants to save the ship. Yeah. <laughs> and she comes around and tells the crew that they need to stop the Galrakians and do what they think is necessary to do. Yes, we're Starfleet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like the comment when just as they're start when they do get on board and she mentions, well, the Enterprise can do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's everyone's model for efficiency. Yes. The Enterprise can do it. We should be able to do it. Hello, come on. They're the best. We should strive to be like them. Yep. So, of course, we see the crew using their pads to... <laughs> yeah. Something you wish would you could do at work, too. Yes. <laughs> to fend off the Galrakians. And so the captain shows her respect for Boimler by bestowing him with a plaque for what she is calling the Boimler Effect. Mm. A new rule that allows the crew to take shortcuts and use buffer time. Yeah. And his rule-loving brain has trouble accepting a rule about not following rules in his name. This isn't exactly sophisticated animation. No. But he gives that lip curl and the, yes. and the eye strain. He's like, oh, and he makes the noise like, oh, 
this thing that hurts his soul. Yes. That's not who he is at all. Yeah. But now he's going to go down in history. Yeah. And the lower deckers assure him that no one will remember him for this. Yeah. However, in a bit of coda set in the far future, we see a teacher <laughs> telling her class, the Boimler effect is something we will never forget, thanks to him mm. being the laziest officer in Star Trek yeah. history. Yeah. And we see a statue of Boimler and the great bird of the galaxy. Yeah. And then it, they snap right to something a little more important. It's uh, the most important person <laughs> yes. in Starfleet history, Miles O'Brien. <laughs> Why do you think, Steve? Where'd that come from? I don't know. And that was the that's the way the episode ended. Like, boom. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. It, that didn't think... ring. You know, that was a little hollow for me. It was a little flat. First of all, we've seen this kind of joke before. The guy who tries the hardest gets remembered for being just the opposite. Right. Yes. Uh, I know it's inherently funny, but yes. I don't think it is really a statue for being the laziest guy. I mean, because they they exist in the same universe as as the Kirkian right. Star Trek. Yes. So are we expecting them to believe? I know it's supposed to be funny, but there's really a, a statue to right. the laziest person. And come on. <laughs> yeah. And now, now this is going to have to be part of uh, their lore. This is going to have to be canon. Is this canon, Steve? Would this be canon? <laughs> Should we look at it that way? I don't think so. shake our heads and walk <laughs> yeah, away. I think we have to shake our heads and walk away on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anybody out there? Especially seeing how we got to that point to begin yeah, with. Yeah. Because we know the one of the greatest engineers of all time is the one who actually introduced this concept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Montgomery Scott. Yes. <laughs> and he is because uh, I think it was, what was it? Uh, was it? It was Star Trek Four. Is he? I. It could have been Star Trek Three. Yeah, I what's think the, it was which three. one is the Voyage Home? Yeah, because he makes that clear steel or a clear aluminum. Yes, and he gives the credit to the inventor so they can transport the whales. Right. Now, it's the search for Spock. Oil or they find Spock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. They, they, we have a thing for Miles O'Brien, <laughs> but I think Montgomery Scott's the greatest. Yes. <laughs> Especially was his propensity for scotch. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. And of course, he also kind of uh, gives the nudge to Jordy in the Next Generation episode yeah. Relics. Yeah. Hey, yeah. built in a little buffer time there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he gets that. Uh, it is pretty awesome because he admission he admits to padding his estimate that how much time's going to need for yeah. for repairs by like a back a factor of four in order to maintain his reputation as a miracle worker. Yes, which was and we also saw it in the the next episode, Relics. It was great. It's yes. great. It's a great concept. <laughs> that it's the time when they have a little humor in the more serious episodes, so we can join them in a little wink and a nod. Right and. Scotty was looked at as a hero because he always got it done but when yeah. they needed it, you know, so yeah. come on. <laughs> but he, uh, and the joke is he actually got it done, too. Right. Especially, uh, yeah, I, I think it was at uh, Wrath of Khan when they needed him. They go, yes. beat him us up. Now would be a good time <laughs> to beam us up. <laughs> I can't help you, Captain. <laughs> uh, so one of the other fun things we saw is uh, trial by combat, as we mentioned earlier. It has to be in an arena, and it's very Star Trek. <laughs> yes, original series, absolutely. 
there was a cute little uh, Easter egg too when uh, Boyne was on the Turbo Eleven. He, you can hear him hum Jerry Goldsmith's theme from yes. Star Trek: The Picture and Next Generation. Ha ha ha! Another one can. Uh, I mean, as Freeman's coming in, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ransom mentions hearing horn gorillas and sentient tar and spores that make you hook up with your best friend's sister. But like, wow, these these are all references to threats encountered in episodes of previous series. The horn gorilla refers to the Mugato, the first scene on. Star Trek TOS, A Private Little War. The sentient tire is most likely a reference to Armus, the malevolent entity who killed a Lieutenant Natasha Yar in the next generation Skin of Evil. That was a classic episode. Yes, it was. She wandered off the uh, the show and then regretted it later on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the spores were a reference to the original series, This Side of Paradise, in which some members of the USS Enterprise crew were infected by spores and made them happy at the cost of their ambitions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which was another and, classic one because we yeah. saw a sign of Spock that we had never seen before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was jarring. Yes, it was. <laughs> jarring. He cracks a smile. We're like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd that come from? And basically tells Kirk to screw off. <laughs> <laughs> there was another bit. Let's see where the Gilraki and Serrano, the, the away team and Mariner, noticed how it reminds her of Kirk. Like, what is this, the, the 2260s? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny for them. <laughs> oh, uh, did anyone know? Did you uh, notice there was a Borg in this? Speak at the end of the episode, sitting in the front row of the Far Future segment. Yes. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was wondering if they've actually joined the Borg or that was a Borg that left the collective. But like Hugh, we just right. saw Hugh. Yes. Yeah. Part. Part. That's interesting. Be. But those were all kids. Yes, they were. Sad. That's kind of sad. So let me see. At a Borg kid, somebody was assimilated as a Borg as a child. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> well, as we Seven said, and nine was, so. Yeah. The most important person, as they closed out, as I mentioned earlier, is, is Chief Miles O'Brien. It makes you wonder, hey, if they're going to throw uh, him a, a bone, like, watch this episode, because we're going to we're gonna throw in, a, a, like, a little fun for your particular character. Right. Well, Jeez. and they'd spent most of the episode basically hailing all the great chief engineers in Star yeah. Trek history, for the most part. <laughs> I mean, they could have mentioned LaForge. Uh, yeah. You know, they're just kind of catching up with ones that they hadn't uh, had a shout yeah. out one in the previous yeah. two episodes. I guess we're going to see uh, the greatest doctors of all time oh, later yeah. on we're somewhere in the season, yes. too. They have to. <laughs> there was a character that looked a lot like Bones. When their chaos was coming across and they're all running around like, hey, look, it's Bones. Because it's kind of a little tinge of gray in his hair. Right. Or whatever. Just, I don't know, it just struck me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as always, we do have some feedback from our friend Fred from the Netherlands. So let's take a listen. Hello, Steve and Dave. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Star Trek Lower Decks Season 1, Episode 3. There were actually two storylines I found a little bit too long, although only in an episode of 22-23 minutes. On one side, the Calrakian story took me a little bit too long and also the story of the buffer time. The idea was okay but it took a little bit too long and resolving it was a little bit in an overshoot modus. Cannot imagine that the captain would let everything loose. But within this story the way Boimler behaved was quite in contrast and that was nice. Most interesting I found the interaction between Commander Jack Ransom and Ensign Mariner. First, who is going to fight that big Galrakian guy? 
And then how Anson Mariner was impressed how Jack did succeed in getting that guy down. She could be a bit interested in him. And then the question is, is this going to be a big contrast to Anson Boimler, who is, well, let's say the weak, nerdy guy. Could Ensign Mariner get interested in Jack Ransom and Boimler will get a kind of jealous or something like that. Okay, that was all for now. Sorry giving my straightforward opinion. But there are more people like that. Permission to speak freely? You always speak freely. Nobody can stop you from speaking freely. All right. Greetings, all the best. Fred from the Netherlands. Nice touch with the added uh, oh, brother. <laughs> information He's there. including his own sign-off music. Yes. Hey, that's our job. If we, <laughs> if we had any, we use it too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking away our job. Yep. Yeah, he noticed the same things we did, like the, uh, the tension between Ransom and Mariner. Right. And yeah, at one point, Mariner's going, no, I don't want to think this is hot, but it is. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any tension between Boimler and Mariner. I think Boimler's too wrapped up in himself. Didn't he allude to uh, thinking there might be that Boimler will get jealous? Yeah, he did. Yeah, eh, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm not sure I see it either. Well, only if Mariner starts getting more of the away missions than Boimler because of Ransom. Then there might be some friction there, but not jealous in a personal relationship way. Yeah. I can see him being held. No no pun intended. Ransom being held in a a buffer in the transporter and Boimler with his finger over the button saying, hmm, p-p-p-perch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Fred, once again, we appreciate your feedback and can't wait to hear what you think about the next episode. Yeah. Thanks, Fred. I've got my top five uh, Yes, Steve. Do you want to cover them at yes, all? Yes, let's do your top five. All right. Uh, number five, as we count up or as a countdown, what's one less margarita in a day? And they, <laughs> they transfer. This is going to be one of their jokes. Mariner says, what's one less margarita in a day? And then the next scene is, cut scene is to chaos. You're chaos. It works. It's funny. Yeah, what's less? What's less? We're going to have another drink later. Boom, total chaos. Room for nothing. And one of the number four joke is the field integrity test, which Steve enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, they have, for some reason, they have Boimler on the other side. side. <laughs> <laughs> and when she just tests the phaser and she's like, hey, he's like freaks out because that could have gone through. And she's like, don't. Oh, she's like, oh, don't worry. It was set to stun. And she looks at it. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> he number- has to test it on his side and he gets blown backwards. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> my, my number three was, he's got wood. <laughs> yeah. And they keep shouting, he's got wood, he's got wood. Now, if you have a dirty sense of humor, <laughs> there is a certain connotation to that. And they keep shouting it over and over. Yeah. I'm not going to explain that to no. anybody. <laughs> but I, it was just a throw throwaway line but to me that was number three because it was so funny yes and then he kept saying it <laughs> and number two was clean up the scars uh, yeah. she, she, she's like congratulations you look like a scratching post because yes. she goes no way man <laughs> that was number two to me that was funny especially coming from a cat <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay so the number one was is 
Jack Ransom's going to take care of everything. He pops up from behind the rocks early in the episode. And he goes, this is going to be awesome because this is how he solves things by reasoning with everyone. And instead, he gets netted and zapped yeah. and shocked out, completely knocked out. And all of a sudden, before they switch to commercial, Mariner pops up from the rocks and goes, hey, you're right. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Another little throwaway line. <laughs> yeah. But she's in the, in the uh, far distance and he gets thoroughly schooled and zapped. And she just pops up like, ha! Yeah. That was great. You're right. <laughs> I thought it was a great laugh. Yeah. And I'll just throw one in when they are right. in the uh, cage and she rips open her uniform and shows him all the scars. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Trying to prove that she's the baddest ass of the two yeah. of them. And <laughs> where's your scars? Yeah. You know, I don't have any scars. Yeah. Because what? It's either because they do have somewhat of an intimate relationship and he's had his shirt off or it's because he always has his shirt off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season and looking forward to interacting on social media with all the great fans. How can the fans interact with us, Dave? They can go to www.fangirlzone.com and click on the contact link where you'll find several ways to contact us for email and social media. On Twitter, he's at Solier Steve, and I'm at the Real ID Dave. Please review and rate us on iTunes, as good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, as there are a lot of Star Trek Lower Deck podcasts out there. Tell your friends and hope you like our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. <laughs> the fourth episode is on August 27th yeah. and is titled Moist Vessel. <laughs> See, they know what they're talking about. Yeah. So until there, until then, remember. This is Chief Engineer Steve. Protocol is for people that need to be told what to do, which I don't. <laughs> And this is the newly promoted Redshirt Dave. And normally I would tell people that I've got wood too, but this is a family show, so I'll just leave it with I like to read. <laughs>